in chapter 11. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that have been happening uh, lately, and a lot of things that we've been seeing, you know, that the times that we live in, that the days grow darker, amen? That's get, told, uh, God told us this in, in his word, that the days will get dar darker, amen? So we know there's a, there's a, a constant uh, war in the spirit that is going on, amen? There's a constant battle that's going, light and dark, good and evil, our enemy, our God. There's a constant battle that the, that the devil is warring against us, amen? Battle after battle after battle, and it just seems as though that he is relentless, amen? Amen. So the days get dark and continue to grow dark. We as children of God, important, it is very vital for us to continue to stay fresh in the word, fresh in him. Amen. Because if we're not fresh in the word of God, if we're not fresh in the relationship with him, then we could become victims. Amen. Amen. Why? Because our awareness of the flesh gets greater, our awareness of uh, all the things around us, the darkness around us becomes greater. But what we need is for our eyes, our hearts, our minds to constantly be fixed on God, his goodness, his, his glory, his majesty. Amen. So we need to constantly be refreshed, renewed in the things of his word and in his kingdom. Amen. To keep us kingdom-minded. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I say all this because it's, you know, uh, dad had posted, and I don't know if it was this morning or last night or when it was, but I just was watching a, a part of a, a clip that dad had posted on Facebook and I was watching a little bit of it this morning, um, and it was of John Osteen, and it was uh, him really emphasizing the power of the Holy Ghost and power of the Spirit and uh, preaching, teaching uh, of the importance of the power of, the, of God and how there's war that is waging against people in receiving the power of, of God. I want to say this, that is a video clip that was uh, in part that I had uh, watched. And I want to say this, that l video looked like it may have been from the 1980s, maybe uh, early 80s. A and somewhere in that time frame. And so that video clip was from back then, but I want to say this. The truth in the Word of God is constant. Amen? The truth of the Word of God is constant. It's always and forever. It has no end. That same little clip 
is still happening today. The enemy is trying to wage war against the truth of who God is, the truth of the word of God, and waging war to bring people's hearts and minds into a place of being captive to their beliefs, traditions, and the flesh. So there's a warring that's going on. And what we need to make sure is that we are not sucked in because of not being in the, in the word, not growing in our relationship with him. Amen. And we need to watch that we're not sucked into just going along with, you know, a, a stream on, uh, you know, on down the mountain this side or a stream down the mountain. But staying true to the word of God. Amen. And being firm, fixed, planted in faith according to the word of God. There's going to be struggles, wrestling, and, and fighting against the truths of the, of the word and doctrine. Amen. And so what we need to do is make sure that we are planted along the river of God, as it were, like we see in, in Psalms in chapter, chapter 1 where, that, where trees of righteousness that are planted uh, in along that those rivers that where we can receive the truths and the 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 nourishment of God amen so that's where we need to be is that we need to be fixed and planted in the stream of God and that stream of God comes through his word and the spirit that flows within us amen to allow the Holy Ghost to speak to us, to lead us, counsel us, teach us. You all know that it's been said many times of who the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Spirit is so vital in our walk as believers. I can't say it enough that the, the Holy Spirit is who God intended to be with us. After Christ came and set redemption in place and, and Christ had paid the price for all of us, for his blood to be poured out, for him to be the perfect sacrifice for all of mankind, and then through it all to be seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit, the design is that he's with us here on earth. Amen? So understanding the Holy Spirit, who he is, how he operates, and, and, and just those facets of him is so important for you and I to learn and to understand that we grow in him, grow in it, it being the knowledge, the understanding of him. But growing in him is so important because this is a time where the enemy wants to come against your faith within your own heart, within your own mind. And wants to come against the truths of the, of the word of God. And if we're not growing in the Holy Ghost, if we're not growing in our understanding of who he is and in the knowledge of who he is, we're going to have a lot of battles that are going to be difficult to, to come through. Amen? And again, he is the part of the Godhead that has been given to us to be with us here on earth in our lives within us. Amen? There's probably a good reason why God gave the Holy Ghost to you and I. There's probably a very important reason why you have received the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. 
So let's look here in Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> now, faith is confidence, and this is verse 1, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I want to say this is that there's a teaching that um, that I had heard and it just stuck out and it it's it was just an awesome uh, teaching on faith and there's one little phrase of what faith is just stuck out within my heart and again I can't put it into words exactly like it was spoken. But the resounding meaning of what was said is just, you know, just resonates on the inside. And it's simply this, what faith is. Faith is hearing. Now, we're talking about faith in the word of God, so I'm going to put it this way. Faith is hearing the word of God. And hearing and hearing and hearing. Now, the word of God is truth. Amen. So what we're doing is we're hearing truth. Faith is believing the truth. Simply put, believing that truth. Believing it. That believing is a fixed, firm uh, hold or affirmation or uh, um, rooted truth that we won't let go of, that we're holding on to. As absolute. Amen? In other words, the word of God is our foundation. Amen. I believe it. It's true. That's Faith now is taking hold of that and believing that as absolute. Amen? Now, can we have faith in other things? Absolutely. If we believe that it is true, faith is in operation. Amen? Amen. But we're talking about the word of God today. So here it is. Our faith in the word of God needs to be strengthened. Amen. So, uh, Josh, is that you back there? Okay. Uh, again, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Hold before you go to the next verse. He pleased God. Uh, you could stay there right there on verse 5 for a minute. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Okay. He was noted for his faith. Amen. Enoch, taken away, noted because of his faith. Now, what is noted about his faith? He pleased God. Okay, continue on. That's his testimony. Enoch pleased God. If, listen, if that's the 
only testimony that that is mentioned about this person, Tim Shannon, I hope that it is that I please God because there is nothing greater, nothing more, more awesome, powerful than the fact that you and I can please God. Amen. Oh, verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So faith pleases God. Amen. Now we can have faith. Now I want to say this, there's a greater uh, level of faith when we are putting faith in action. Like James says, not being hearers of the word and believing, but doing the word of God. Putting action to faith. Responding to what we believe in. Believing uh, concerning the word, concerning our relationship, concerning who God is. Amen? But when we're putting action to it, that action pleases God. Amen? Now, God's pleased when we believe him, believe his truth and all that. But how much more pleasure does God have when we're actually doing something about it? And it's not just a head truth and a head belief, but there's action and there's, or, or we're putting a movement to that faith, to what we're believing. Amen? It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hold that. Don't go any further. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he, okay, that puts action and comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, he must believe that he is because he wouldn't be coming. Okay, I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. So if we believe that God is, and we'll go on. But if we believe that God is, we must go to him. Amen? If our faith is believing that God is what we're about to read, then there's a response that should be within us to go to him as our source, as our provider, as our uh, redeemer, as our uh, deliverer, healer, whatever, you know, whatever you are believing that God is. Amen. But there's a response that should be there, and we go to him concerning those things. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God rewards anyone who believes and puts action to diligently. Amen. God rewards anyone. There's no exceptions. Anyone who would diligently puts action to faith, God rewards. Are you with me? Those that believe come to him, diligently seek him, and he rewards. So if we're not receiving uh, exactly what we're uh, believing for, maybe we need to be a little bit more persistent, a little bit more diligent in that area. Amen? Why? Because faith pleases God, especially that part right there, when we are diligently seeking him, diligently doing his work, 
diligently seeking the lost, going and sharing our faith, whatever the area is. God is pleased by faith in action. Faith slash in action. Amen? Amen. All that being said, let's do this. Let's go here to 1 Peter in chapter 5. Faith in God, faith in who he is, faith in who you are as a believer, as an heir of the kingdom, you as a person that has a relationship with God individually apart from anybody else physically here on earth, you as an individual have a relationship and a personal responsibility with our God. Amen? Amen. We, as believers, individuals, have to take charge, have to take hold of our relationship, of our, this treasure that is within us. First Peter in chapter 5, I want to begin here in chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm going to get to the point in just a minute. To the elders among you, I appeal you as a, dear, as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursue, pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those who entrust it to you, but being examples to the flock. So here we see that there's this great layout for what the elders of the church, amen? Um, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd, Jesus, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Okay, I want to go right here, look, look at this. Verse 5, in the same way, you who are younger, and I want to say this, not younger in age, but younger in uh, spiritual development, if I could put it that way. Um, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And I just want to... Pause right here for a minute. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You know, I believe this is that this is something that we need to make sure that and be aware that we're not proud, prideful, prideful in the way that we are towards each other, prideful in, the, in our worship towards God, that pride is not an issue within us. God will oppose you if there's pride. Amen? You know that God is fighting for us. God, if I have pride in my life, does that mean that you won't be fighting for me? Because if there's pride in my life, you oppose the proud. I'm just saying. Just thinking about this, right? So if there's pride in our life, can God be for us? He's, he opposes the, the proud, amen? But shows favor to the humble. 
That's an awesome song. And I'm not negating this song. But something that we need to keep in perspective is the fact that we should not have pride in our lives and be so proud that, that you know, we're holding ourselves and our beliefs and holding what we feel as true and everything so high above what our other brothers and sisters are believing. Amen? Allow God to do the work in our brothers and sisters. Amen? That's where prayer is so important. Not praying what you believe and if there's conflict or if there's, you know, things that, you know, somebody's having a hard time with. Not, you know, uh, that's where we have to make sure that we're not in conflict and fighting over issues. But pray for them. Amen? Pray for them. God, would you open their eyes to be able to understand, to be able to be able to hear clearly what you're speaking to us and what you say to us in your word. Amen? Don't hold pride. Pride is, well, you know, what I believe is true and you need to believe. You know what? How can we, as being in the flesh, spiritual beings, but in the flesh, try to convince others of spiritual things? It's God who does the work within people. Amen? And yes, we are to help to try to convince through the word of God. But when someone's having a hard time with something, let God do the work. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Amen. That's what he's here for, to do the work within us. Maybe they're not open or willing yet, but prayer is so important. And power, the power in prayer is so important because when we are believing that God can do all things and God can do anything, amen, that he could even put people across your path, my path, to help us understand, to help us know who God is and in a greater way, God can do it. God could even speak to your heart and my heart when we don't even realize that somebody's praying for us. Maybe not even knowing what they're praying for, but they're, we're, we're on a particular person's heart, a mother, a grandmother, a friend, a, a, a neighbor, maybe somebody that doesn't even know, but God puts it on your heart to pray for somebody that you don't even know. Why? Because God is wanting to work out issues within their heart and work out issues within them to help them to understand him and to understand his gifts for them. Amen? Prayer is so important. We have to believe it. We have to really take, uh, um, put value on prayer. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8, this is where we're getting to. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Here we are. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I want to say this. 
It's been said time and time again that there's a, a strength, there's something in the supernatural, in the spirit that is happening. If I could say to divide a trinity into a duo operation and eliminating the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. There's such a, a, a push of the enemy, the devil, in negating the Holy Spirit and negating the working of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. Why? If, if the devil can negate the Holy Ghost, then in part what it's doing is negating the work of Jesus on the cross. And the fact that Jesus had gone to be at the right hand of the Father. And the fact that he even teaches that he needs to go to be with the Father so that the helper can come. And there's so many people that have such a hard time with the Holy Spirit. And we need to resist the devil when the thoughts come to your mind of, is this really true? Is this really God? And I'm telling you, and I'm throwing it out there because this is happening. And maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you haven't necessarily seen it. But it's happening. People are being completely badgered in their minds against the Holy Ghost. But the Bible tells us to resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know the family of believers. Believers that are having a hard time with the things of the Holy Ghost. We need to stand firm for each other. I believe that we should have more time in prayer and pr prayer for each other, not over control or anything, but just praying protection. Resisting the devil over situations and, and things that are going on that you and I may not see, may not understand, but just coming into a place of being in the, in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, allowing us to be able to pray mysteries, pray things for each other, protection, strengthening each other, building each other up. Amen? You know, <clears throat> what we see here is happening all around the globe. It's not just something in this house, in this church, or another local congregation. That's hap it's happening all over the place. The devil is not a respecter of person, of church congregation, uh, of you know a people group. He's no respecter. He's looking about to see who he can devour. And anyone who is not giving an ear to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, and hear the Word of God, listening, being a student and studying, is an option for the enemy. Amen? <clears throat> Turn with me to James chapter 4, please. If you would, say, I am not an option. For the enemy, I am a student of the Word of God. I am a believer in the Bible. I am a believer in God the Father, God the Son, 
God the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're alive, active within us. We thank you for your baptism. And that baptism is a powerful spiritual experience. That your power is, is released within us, in part, that we may be able to be partakers of the goodness that, of, of who you are in our authority, in being able to speak over the, the principalities and the powers of this era, of the, over the plans and purposes of the enemy, and we can put them things into subject with the word of God. So we thank you for the working of the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit working within us in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Jesus, that you baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And that, Jesus, that you have done that work within us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights or quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that, your, that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says, without reason, that he jealously longs for the spirit he, he has caused to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Here we are, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come nearer to God. And he will come near to you. Amen. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. How do we resist him? How do we resist him? Well, we know that God has given us the authority. Amen. Has given us authority over the enemy. Okay. Jesus comes to this earth in the flesh. Amen. Jesus here in the flesh comes to be like man, giving up all his, you know, uh, 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 heavenly power, authority, and everything to be mere man under this, in the same respect that you and I are here. For what purpose? So that he can conquer what the enemy had done, which is bringing sin into the world. Amen? How do you conquer sin? And that's simply by not giving into sin. Amen? So Jesus did this, right? We all know it. Jesus lived a, lived a perfect and blameless life here on earth. So what the devil did was try to end Jesus' life, which God the Father, you know, 
the Holy Ghost, the Son, all knew was going to have to take place. That Jesus would have his life taken. Amen. But in this whole process, Jesus being perfect without sin, not giving in to sin, not allowing sin to take control of his mind, not allowing sin to set in his heart, not allowing sin to even be a part of him as a, as a person, overcame sin, overcame temptation, overcame it all, lived a perfect, blameless life, right? Came to the place where his life had to end. His life had to end without sin, which means that the devil legally, according to, you know, Scripture, what we see, could not hold Jesus in a place that is prison, death. Amen? Could not hold it. Why? He didn't have the right to. Because anybody that gives in to sin gives in to the enemy and gives them their place of authority. And Jesus conquered sin. Jesus lived that blameless, perfect life, not given in to sin. So he still held on to his authority as a son of God. Amen? still held on to that authority, which means that the devil could not hold him in hell, which is where sin, sinners go to. Why? Because they give up their authority that God had originally intended to give to us. So Jesus living that perfect life, overcame sin, had died, but did not go and stay in hell. And we know that the rest of what had taken place. But Jesus had gone to be at the right hand of the Father. Amen? Why? Because hell couldn't keep him down there. There was no sin in his life. Amen? So a perfect example, a perfect, uh, a perfect life lived and set in motion for you and I. So submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So that ability that Jesus was able to overcome the temptations, overcome the plans, schemes of the devil, and conquer every thing that was thrown at him, understands the way to overcome the enemy. How did Jesus do it? By speaking scripture, the enemy was speaking scripture to him. But Jesus' responses were speaking scripture back, right? And we know that Jesus has given us authority, and we're not going to get into this completely right now. But Jesus has given us authority as believers, again, ones who know the truth of who he is, the Son of God, perfect, blameless, as our Lord and Savior, have faith in him, now need to walk it out because that's what pleases God. Amen? Faith, faith and action, which pleases God. And part of that action is now, as believers, as sons, as daughters, as transformed lives, we need to walk as he has walked. Amen? 
So as we're walking and the enemy is, is coming against your thoughts, coming against your faith, coming against who you believe that you are in the word of God and according to the word of God, we resist him. How? By speaking scripture and we speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because that's what was, has been told to you and I to speak and, and use the name of Jesus. The power in which we stand, the power in which we believe, amen? If I could say it this way, is that like Jesus, the name of Jesus in which we believe, in which we are firmly fixed in, and the, and the power that he is, which has been imputed into us through the baptism of water, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, imputed in us, now have something that we can stand on. And we can use the name of Jesus because we're now associates of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because of his blood, because of him as uh, uh, who he is, now associates, heirs with him, heirs of king, the kingdom of God, now can say in Jesus' name because he is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our King. And he will diligently look after you as you're diligently seeking after him. So that when we're resisting the devil, we can say, uh, in my Savior's name, uh, you know it, devil. In Jesus' name, in uh, my King's name, Jesus, Jesus' name, we now can come in, in the authority of who's our ruler, who's our protector of who our Lord and our uh, Savior and our high tower is in him and his name. Now we can resist the enemy because of who Jesus is. Amen? And who he is to you. So how do we resist the devil? Is simply speaking the scripture, getting his mind captivated and remembering the, what the word of God says about you and your situation, who you are. And emphasize Jesus' name. The enemy wants to negate the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you right now, and he wants to negate the power and the working of the Holy Ghost in your life. There's no denying the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. But he wants to take that purpose. He wants to take that purpose-driven life and remove it out of you. To give you a stagnant, stale religious walk. There's excitement and there's life in the Holy Ghost. I just want to tell you. Why would Jesus baptize us with the Holy Ghost if there wasn't a purpose of the Holy Ghost? Why would Jesus give us the Holy Spirit if there wasn't any purpose with the Holy Spirit? And the giftings and, and who he is. What would be the reason? Just to give something away? No, because God gives us all things with purpose. With meaning. With power. There's purpose behind everything that God does for you and with you. And in you. So we, sub we submit to God, resist the devil through the word of God and through the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So come near to God and he will come near to you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, and we know this, we've read it. Again, this is a refresher. 
Halleluja. You know, in times when we're resisting, in times when we're uh, badgered in our thoughts, badgered in our mind, you know, uh, just a, a wrestling in our spirit, and the devil seems like he's relentless and constantly coming at us, and we're resisting, 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 resisting. Sometimes the battle can get tiresome sometimes. Amen? Sometimes it could be a struggle. Sometimes it could be just, just like, un, feel like it's unending. And this is where we need to take this part of Scripture that we're about to read. And we need to take hold. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't give in. Amen? But take hold of this Scripture and run with it. Hold on to it. Take it and, and make it uh, the, the very uh, weapon that you need for this warfare at this moment or at that moment when it feels like it's a struggle. Amen. Uh, Josh, you could bring this up in verse. We're going to take a look here. Verse 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Guys, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is an encouragement that's given to the church here in Ephesus, amen, which we know is for us also. But this is a, a, an encouragement that's being given because Paul knew that this they're going to walk through some stuff. Paul knew that they were facing some things and they needed this encouragement to be strong. Be strong. Don't be timid. Don't give up. Continue on. Be strong in the power of the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. Hallelujah. Take your stand. Take your stand. Amen? Take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. You know, this really makes it plain that there's a structure of the enemy's army, if I could say it that way. Paul understood it. He understood it greatly. He had the insight. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I love this. Take up the shield of faith. When enemies throw everything against you, 
and it feels like darts are coming at you from every which way, take up that shield of faith. Faith, walking in faith, carrying faith out, executing faith, doing, being a responder to what you believe and doing. Faith is important. It's vital. It's not just holding back in a bunker and just allowing everything to hit. Stand in faith and begin to exercise it. Amen? Combat the devil with faith. Believing and putting action to it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul goes on, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. You know, I believe this is that what Paul had spoken and requested for prayer should be all of our hearts. That should be all of our hearts right there. Is that we can fearlessly preach, spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That whatever the enemy's doing, he's trying to kill your influence. Your influence to be able to share the gospel, to share the love of God. And he wants to take that influence that you have and wants to stop it. Paul's saying, pray for me. If I could say it this way, good news, pray for each other. That you will fearlessly give the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the devil won't be able to hold you back and hold each other back. From being the person that God's called you to be. From the influence that God has called you into, that the enemy cannot come, cannot kill, cannot steal, cannot destroy the working of God in each other. Amen? We all have a place, and it's not to be pew-sitters. It's not just to be a religious act of coming through and serving in the local, in the local house. Hear me. It has its place and its importance. But that's not who God has called us to be. It's just to come and go through motions. God has called you and I to be believers in him, to be disciples of him who saved us, Jesus. He's called you and I to do something with what we believe, not to be like James says, hearers, and believers of that only. But to be doers of it. To go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. 
what God has done with you, what God is doing in you. The, if I could say it this way, the war that's waging against you, and here's where we can step out and share the goodness of God. Because we could speak the things that we're warring with, with the enemy. We can speak of the goodness and the, the things of God and speak it out because it becomes a testimony for us. How? Because even though we're battling, even though we're struggling through things, even though we're fighting, we're still speaking of God's goodness in that situation, which helps to keep our minds in check, which helps to keep our hearts in check. Amen? But we'll see in that persistence, in that pursuing God in those arenas, God will bless us in those areas. Right? We diligently seek God concerning these areas. How, the speaking and the confessing helps to keep us in check, keeps us in, in motion in receiving from God his goodness, his breakthrough, his deliverance, his healing. Amen? Keeps our heart, our attitudes, our minds in check. But what God wants for you and I is to be who he's called you to be. Everybody close your eyes for a minute. Repeat after me. God, I know who you've called me to be. I ask you that you would give me a clear image of who that person is you've called me to be again. Allow me to see it without any restraint. I ask you, God, that you would stir in my heart vigor, strength, vitality, that you would allow me, God, to be that person that I would walk in strength without stumbling, without any uh, struggle against the enemy. In Jesus' name, with your eyes closed, think about it. What is that image? Who's God called you to be? What are the plans that God's given to you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. God says his call, his giftings are without repentance. That means those desires, those plans that he's put into your heart, he didn't pull that back. Why do we resist in walking it out, pursuing it? God wants you and I to step into that place, step into that person that he's called you to be.
Thank you, Lord God, for rekindling your purpose within our hearts. That, God, that you would burn within us again that passion to serve people, to serve you, Lord God, to serve each other here in this house. That, God, that we would be so, uh, so hungry for the things that you have in store for us, so hungry for your word, so hungry, Lord God, to serve and to please you, Lord God. God, stir our hearts to be empty of pride, to be humble, Lord God, before each other, before you. That God, that we would, our, our heart desire would just be to serve, to serve, to serve, to serve each other, to serve the lost, to reach out to the lost, to serve you, Lord God, to be your vessel, your mouthpiece, your hand, your foot, your voice. That God, we would put our excuse, all of our, our excuses aside, all of our desires aside, just to serve you, Lord God, to be your very own, the one that you say I'm pleased with. God, would you just allow us for a moment to put our, our needs, our cares, and all that aside so that we can see our priorities and where they are, that we could put them in their proper order. In Jesus, your mighty name. In Jesus, your mighty name. God, we love you with all of our heart, with all of our mind all of our strength. God, let our souls not be conflicting with the working of the Spirit within us. But we we will begin and continue to move on with reading your word, that our minds would be renewed, our minds would be strengthened, that our emotions and everything within us would be aligned with your word. That, God, we'd be stable, sturdy, strong believers fixed in faith, pursuing you, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you would, if you would stand for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, What was playing that? at the beginning, if you could play that. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. If you would, if you just lift your hands, begin just to worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're so holy, Lord. You're holy, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for working in us stirring our hearts, stirring our lives. Lord God, for bringing purpose back into our hearts. Lord God, for allowing us to be able to see what's going on in our lives. That, Lord God, that we can 
put into priority the things that need to be in order. First place, Lord God, our first love. Lord God, our relationship with you. Lord God, and everything that falls under that, Lord God, that it's a constant and it's a, it's a, it's a moving uh, system of priorities. But God, first, would you just allow us to constantly have it in our hearts and our minds the importance of our first love with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord God, that you are causing this house, causing this house of good news, family worship center, to rise up to the place that you've called us. Lord God, that we all have a part, and that's not just to be hearers of your word and just to go through motions, but God, you've called this house to, to, to go into all the world, to reach the lost those in our areas, in our cities, in our towns, to find those that are broken, find those that are hurting. And Lord God, you've called us to be the ones that would be your mouthpiece. To spread the good news of who you are, the good news of the gospel which we received, Lord God. Just like Paul had had requested, God, we ask you that you, you would just put this in our hearts. To be passionate towards the lost, passionate towards the broken, to love our enemy. Lord, that we would pursue them with your love, with your power. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I just want to ask this before we close that if there's anybody that needs prayer, that you you absolutely need prayer, that you would just come up, whether that's healing, whether that's breakthrough, I'll, I'll pray for agreement with you, amen, concerning that. If you need breakthrough, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. But there's power in agreement, amen. So if your faith is there and you're believing for something, my faith is here and those that are in the, in here with us, but if there's something that you're believing for breakthrough, I believe that God wants to give that opportunity right now that you'll receive your breakthrough because of faith being united. Amen. So if there's something that, if you need prayer healing, uh, if you need prayer concerning finances, whatever it may be, if there's breakthrough family situations, relationships, if you just come forward. If not, praise God. If that's not you, but if you're sitting in the seats, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone just continue to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning, Lord God. We lift you up. We thank you, Lord God, that you are here to help set us free, to help put situations and put things in place in order, Lord God. God, we thank you that there is power and agreement. We thank you, Lord God, that you are doing a mighty work right now. 
We thank you that Holy Ghost that you are even going before us right now, that you are causing the, the ways that seem to be dark, that you're causing those ways to, to be lit up Lord, right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're beginning to go into the lives of other people right now and you're al allowing their hearts to be softened, allowing the hearts of those that, that, that seem to be struggling and fighting against uh, order and authority, that God, you're beginning to work those things out. The Holy Spirit, you're beginning to soften the hearts that they would be coming to a place of obedience, come in place into the place of receiving from authority in the homes. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone just continue to pray. Just lift your voices. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to God. Thank you.